It is National Junk Food Day, July 21st, and we're going to going to celebrate it in style. Yeah, oh man, we have George Geary. Welcome to WGN Radio, George. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad, uh, so glad you uh, came on, because I don't know how I would have celebrated National Junk Food Day without you. <laughs> now, uh, we're, we're going to get into the fairs fairly quickly, because, no pun intended, because, of course, uh, your, your latest tome is Fair Foods, the Most Popular and Offbeat Recipes from America's State and County Fairs. And you would know, you would know, 28 years at the L.A. County Fair. And I got to ask you, did people part with these recipes willingly? or did you just kind of back-engineer your way in? How do you know this is the real deal? Well, a little of both. Okay. And uh, I, I worked in, as a culinary coordinator, which is different than the food at the fair. I was in charge of, like, the chocolate cake contest and the pies and things like that and judging and uh, all that type of thing. And one day I got a call from uh, the Food Network in Canada, and they wanted to come down and film a show about fried foods. And they said, would you emcee it? And I said, well, okay. So I did. And then I started talking to all the vendors, and they kept trying to one-up themselves every year. And then I started traveling around to the other fairs, seeing all these crazy foods, and I thought, this would be a book. You know? And mostly now that all the fairs are shut down around the country. And um, I created a lot of foods for Disney when I was at the Walt Disney Company out of Disneyland beef at the same time as the fairs, because the fairs was only three, three weeks a year. So we had a thing at the Disney one time called uh, Fair Days. It was uh, during the off-season to get more people in the park. And so I created all these different foods there, too. So that's what the book is all about, is not just fried and not the crazy. We do have some really good stuff that is good for you also. But um, that's how it came about. So the recipes did not come from these vendors, because a lot of them used mixes and things like that. And I did everything from scratch in the book. Oh, yes, you did. No, I, I read every one of these recipes. And uh, I, got to, I used to go to the L.A. County Fair as a kid, and several others mm. as well, like the Santa Clara in, in Northern California and Dade County Youth yeah. Fair in Miami. I loved them all. Uh, except by the way, they're always in inconvenient places like Pomona. And when you're too young to drive, you know, this is like a four-canteen bus trip to get to these things. Uh, but, now, we shouldn't pick on Pomona, but a lot of people in Los Angeles do not even realize that Pomona is part of Los Angeles, which is funny because it is out in the outskirts in the corner of the county. Yeah, it's on the county line there, and it, it's interesting because Diamond Bar, since you were there 28 years, you know Diamond Bar. Uh, oh, yeah. Half of the homes in Diamond Bar are in the Walnut School District, Walnut Hills. The other half are in Pomona. And the Pomona yeah. School District homes were infinitely cheaper because of that. And so uh, Pomona had its own little reputation for that. But I always liked it because I was into East L.A. oldies, and so all the Huggy Boy dances and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, definitely L.A. County. Now, uh, the big draw for me, though, back in the day, and, of course, uh, you know, this is, this is before political correctness hit the scene, was the Midway. And all manner of politically incorrect freak shows with, you know, all the barkers, you know, she's live, she's live. <laughs> 
one yeah. one thin dime, one tenth of a dollar, step right up, and all that stuff. And you know, you'd, you'd see the most god awful medical oddities and, and everything else, or the two headed calf, or the world's fattest woman, or what, whatever it was. And Behind and, curtains, because you had the pay to yes. go on the other side of the curtain. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you'd walk down usually a little dark hallway to get there. And uh, yeah, it was one thin dime. You'd walk through and you'd see this, and it would always be anticlimactic. But nonetheless, this was the big thing at the fair. And I have to admit, I don't remember food. I mean, maybe it was always there. But prior to the, you know, in the freak days, food was almost a secondary thing. And then I guess after the Midway, you know, wound up on daytime television, and they did away with it at the fair, like around 1980, Food just blossomed. Now, am I right in this, or was there always a lot of weird food that I just didn't see? All there was back then was cotton candy and ice cream. That was your fair food. And lemonade. Then, in the 80s, 90s, you're absolutely right, is when they started doing freak food, I would call it, by frying Oreos and frying this and that. And then it started going national because they saw USA Today picking those stories up, stating that this is the 10 craziest things that you can eat it, and these are the fairs to eat them in. And those started doing yearly to where then they started one-upping themselves around the country of who had the craziest thing and who was going to eat it. So, And then they had the fair where uh, how many hot dogs people would eat, kind of like yeah. they do in New York and Nathan's and stuff yeah. like that. Well, what I'm wondering here, since it clearly had to have been the race to the oddest, no doubt about that, your, your book has tons of recipes, whether it's drinks or snacks or all, all of these things, the fried everything, and we'll get to anything on a stick in the main event and all that. But, but these are the winners. Now, when you're in a race to create the oddest food concoction, there have got to be some real losers. So are you aware of what didn't make it at the fair? <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the weirdest ones that I did not put in the book because I thought... I, I wanted the book to, to also be something that grandmother could make for their grandkids for a birthday party. You know, pops. The cake pops were invented way before uh, Starbucks started having them. Yeah. But the crazy food that I didn't put in that I keep thinking all the time is deep fried frog legs. Oh. And. And then we also have, you know, the mountain oysters in uh, some of the country towns, but Rocky Mountain oysters. They're but, not bad. They're not bad. I, I lived in De- I, I lived in Denver. I, I got to try all the varieties of that, whether they were the fr- fried or, or the one that were served with cocktail sauce or whatever. The cocktails, you yeah. know, it's kind of like every, yeah. everything. It always tastes like chicken. Well, yes, but, yes, especially the frog's legs. Where I didn't want to include some really crazy things, I think the the craziest thing in the book would be fried butter. And it sounds like when you hear that and you see a big sign that says fried butter, uh, $2 or $10 or whatever it is, and it was uh, Dallas State Fair that started that. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of a whole stick of butter thrown in fat, and you think, how in the world are you going to eat that thing? And that's why people will buy it. And in fact, I've watched people buy something, and they'll wait for someone else to buy it before they do. So they can see what it looks like, because they don't kind of show them all the time. So what the fried butter really was, 
when I started investigating this was it was butter that was mixed up with some flour and a mixture to make a paste and then rolled and froze into little balls or little like uh, round balls, almost the size of a, um, uh, a cake pop ball. And then it was deep fried, dipped first in a pancake-ish batter. And so it would fry the outside and the inside would melt. Cool. So you'd bite into it, and it would be this melty sweetness inside. And um, a, a reporter's told me, she said, it's similar to an inside-outside donut, if you think about it, that it's got the icing inside of the butter and the sugar and that has melted, and the ins- outside is the donut type of batter. And I said, you're absolutely right. That's about what it is. So... There, uh, that is probably the strangest, strangest thing in the book. Yeah, I would, I, would con- I would call that heart attack on a plate. But the one that got me, absolutely got me for oddest, and I, believe me, I noticed the butter. But when I got to fried Coca-Cola, now when I read the recipe, oh. it wasn't quite as bad as I envisioned I'd get to on page 71. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, See, that's what you're, 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 if you saw a sign that said fried Coca-Cola, you think there is no way they can do that. But when you look at the recipe, you understand it. And it's similar to almost like a funnel cake that they put Coca-Cola as the liquid is pretty much all it is. But you were talking about heart attacks. The one thing that I saw at, I believe it was um, in the south, one of the fairest, maybe Atlanta area, was the Krispy Kreme donut that's on the cover with three burgers. And it said to in. Enjoy this product. You need to have a doctor's note ah. that you can eat it. And so, of course, as a kid, you see that and you think, "Well, I can eat that." And so they sell a bunch of them. Right. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that's a selling factor. And uh, you know, then I, I believe I, I read somewhere where you took a couple folks from Great Britain to a fair, and they were oh, yeah. utterly alarmed that everything was oh. on a stick. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. We don't realize, because I traveled the world, and um, I had two friends from Britain, and they came into town, and they, they were staying at the house, and they said, I said, I got to work over at the L.A. Fair one day. Do you guys want to go? They're like, well, whatever that is, okay. And I said, you know, there's, uh, some, there's some really interesting people. You might think it's fun. And the next day, they were to go to Disneyland for three days. Well, they stayed at the fair for four days. They didn't leave. Every single day they wanted to go back. They said, this is the most outrageous thing we've ever seen in our life. (laughs) Between the people, the hog calling, and being in L.A., you don't think that you're going to have cattle and chickens and all sorts of things. And then all the food. And these two guys, they own a British pub outside of London, and they have put on their menu a lot of these items no. where people think it's phenomenal. Oh, man, that's, that's hilarious, and I'll bet they would, yeah. because most of this stuff, I mean, there, there's a reason they're at the fairs, they do taste good. Uh, but like I say, I'm, I'm curious of the ones that, you know, want one fair and one and done. They, they said, we're not going to ever try this again. <laughs> now, interestingly, it was my, my chiropractor who told me that today was National Junk Food Day. Uh, I probably wouldn't have known that otherwise, but uh, she also <laughs> is involved with the county fair, and she said, well, you know, no, have you heard about cotton candy and pickles? I said, together? And she oh, said, oh, oh, yeah, this, this is coming to the fair. Have you heard about oh. this? Well, no. Yeah. 
And you know, I I don't want to. Is the is the you know? But then again, I, I say that about a lot of this stuff, and some of it's mighty tasty. Uh, in huh. so here here the the freaks leave and the freaks come to the food aisle, so to speak. And now we have what forty years of uh, of food. Have any of these concoctions lasted all forty years? Are there some that come in and go out? Well, I do have like the the normal the ice cream and the the different um, uh, corn dogs things like that that probably have been around forever. Yeah. And uh, but as far as the crazy stuff, um, the most popular crazy one was um, fried Snicker bars or fried mm. Oreos. And after you eat one, it's nothing like you think it's going to be. You really got to wonder. Whoever came up with this originally, you know, how bent, how bent they were. What was on their mind that they said, mm-hmm. let's fry an Oreo in fat? You know, it's just... Yeah, yeah. see what happens. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. But uh, the Oreos, I do that a lot um, on morning shows around the country. And um, the flavor and the taste of the Oreo... That white cream, and you have to use a double-stuffed Oreo when you right, do it. Yeah. And um, the cream melts, and the chocolate cookie part melts, too. And it's got a batter of, I keep saying pancake-ish batter, because it's a milk, uh, a buttermilk batter that it, they're dipped into and fried. And you normally get like three or four of those, and after about two, you're full. You really are. And uh, same thing with the Snicker bars. Uh, the Snicker bar does change the whole look of it once it's been fried and you eat it but it looks like a mini um hot dog on a stick um type of thing so it's it's fascinating it's not food that you would eat year round but once a year that's when you want to have it or uh, when you're going to the fair the churro bites sounded delightful i liked that recipe no, see, I had to do the churro bites in bites and not full churros because at home you don't have a fryer that can go that big. And the same thing with the the corn dog um, at our at L.A. County Fair and and I believe um, the Iowa State Fair because normally right now all the political people are going through the state fairs and right. buying food. Remember right. those pictures yeah, a few abs- years ago that were kind of disgusting? Absolutely. <laughs> was one with the corn dog and the corn dogs are like 14 inches i don't know where they get these but for you to do that at home you have to have an industrial fryer and you can't do that so the same thing with the churros they're a lot bigger at the fair yeah oh yeah i make them a lot smaller kind of the bites i was trying to so i could keep that in the book but they, they taste very good now, I was very surprised about the egg cream because uh, I, I knew that from uh, from New York where it was chocolate and there wasn't much milk in it. But you have an egg cream that has vanilla and a lot of milk. Yeah, it um, that one, that recipe, because uh, originally when I was working on the book, we were trying to do, we were doing boardwalks. Mm-hmm. And uh, books evolve. Um, I had this book idea 10 years prior to it being done, and I called it Under the Boardwalk, and I thought it would be a bunch of boardwalk foods. Mm. And um, uh, the boardwalk in Santa Cruz had egg creams, and that's where that one came from. I never saw egg cream out at the L.A. County Fair or uh, the State Fair, but it could have been somewhere by then, by now. But that's where where that egg cream came from. 
I never saw them at fairs either. They were usually like at delis or things like that, and it was just, I thought it was a decidedly New York thing. But, uh, but yeah, it was always like chocolate and uh, I don't know what else, because I've never tried to back-engineer <laughs> these things. But uh, and In, in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, right. That kind of, I made a deal with the fire department years ago. They'd stop coming if I'd stop cooking, and you know we've all been happy ever since then. So uh, I, I don't think I'll be trying any of these myself, but some of them are reasonably easy to make. Now, by the way, George Geary has written 11 other books, including, by the way, L.A.'s Legendary Restaurants. We'll be picking up on that. But uh, should you want to celebrate National Junk Food Day in style, should you want a tip for uh, the perfect junk food recipe, this is a guy who's got it. So, a 888-876-5593-8888-R-O-L-L-Y-E. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. We're talking with George Geary, who is the author of Fair Foods, the most popular and offbeat recipes from America's state and county fairs. And uh, in addition to being the pastry chef at Disneyland and 28 years at the L.A. County Fair, he has managed to write 11 other books, The Cheesecake Bible, 150 Donut Recipes, 650 Best Food Processor Recipes, 350 Best Salads and Dressings. I'm actually going to buy that one from Amazon. You get all this stuff on Amazon and L.A.'s Legendary Restaurant. So before we get back to it, uh, I got to ask, on L.A.'s Legendary Restaurants, did you include Martoni's? No. Oh. And what it was oh. with that book is it had to be Hollywood-related. It was. Of, of some sort that closed down, that was very famous across the country, oh. where, like the Brown Derby. Yeah, right. Uh, Chasen's, things right. like that. Um, at first, we were doing that book. Uh, there's 60 locations, and we were going to do like 30, mm-hmm. and we enlarged it, and then we started adding restaurants that are still open, but um, but yeah, there were a few that we had to pull out of there, oh, and uh, our criteria, like I said, when you were, start on a book, the criteria changes a lot, yes. so um, that one did change a little bit. In fact, there were some, uh, um, oh, um, I'm trying to think offhand, but there were a few places that... Oh, all of the Jewish delis. Now, somebody oh. said, well, why isn't Cantor's? There's a lot of star power at Cantor's from there's, there's all the open. different uh, punk pl- yeah. um, bands and stuff. And I said, because then I would have had to have added Felipe's Downtown Coles and just yeah. keep going on and on with all the different restaurants that are deli or sandwich-like. And uh, you, if you, you have to stop. That's the right, whole thing right. at one point. But uh, but it's it's a good mix, and it's a coffee table book, a lot of star pictures. That was another problem with that book. Um, if we couldn't locate pictures or we couldn't get mm-hmm. the, the rights to them, then we had to cut out the, the right. chapter, which right. was kind of sad. No, yeah. I know. I, I, I get that. But, yeah, Martoni's was the radio hangout. Anybody who was anybody in radio uh, just frequented Martoni's. That mm-hmm. was always yeah. my favorite. Uh, I don't. I, this wouldn't have anything to do with Hollywood, but uh, just two blocks from my house, and I, I can't even admit I lived there, at Ninth and Flower, uh, well, <laughs> two blocks from there was the original pantry. Yeah, yeah. Did that make it? Abs- no, because... <laughs> no, no Hollywood star. See, now you get Hollywood stars. The mayor owns that place. No. <laughs> Do- does he really? Richard Reardon owns oh, it. Oh, Re- Reardon. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, he didn't yeah, originally. Yeah, Franks made it. Yeah, as well they should. As yeah. well they should. Um, and then, a- a- how long has it been since you've been in the Los Angeles area? Oh, probably six months. Oh, all right. <laughs> 
So we've got we've got um, the Formosa reopened right. on uh, Santa Monica, and that's yes. in it. Yes. And um, a pig and whistle on Hollywood Boulevard. That's in it because that reopened, mm-hmm. and uh, that re- those both of those reopened when I was working on the book, and I had them down as closed, and so we had Ooh. to go back and redo it. In fact, my publisher just emailed me today and said we're going back for another printing. Or do we have any changes? Wow. So I looked to make sure everything was open that is supposed to be and things like that. How about Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles? Now that is slated for my next book after the one coming out. Ooh, yeah, I know you and wouldn't that, forget that. No, and that is called the next book that comes out in, in February. That it, I just love it. No recipes, but it's called Made in California, and it's diners, uh, hmm. different, uh, different uh, restaurants, coffee shops that all started in California that went nationwide. Oh, that went nationwide. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because Roscoe's did. Over a hundred. Oh, wow. started here in California. Oh, wow. Because at first you're thinking, okay, McDonald's, In-N-Out Burger, and I'm... (laughs) Denny's. Candy. Denny's. (laughs) Sambles. Let's not go there. Yeah. Yeah, So that one will go into detail of the history of the companies, what happened, and there's one that Whenever I say it, people go, wow, what happened to that? Swinson's ice cream. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ab- so there's going to be some that are closed. Yeah. Swinson had over 600 locations in mm. the United States at one point. Now they only have three, and they have over 600 in Asia. Oh, wow. So, oh, well, that, yeah. it's interesting how, re- and we'll get to Jim in Chicago who's calling, but it's interesting how regional things are as well. You mentioned the Iowa State Fair. Every time I go to Iowa, I have to go to Made Right Hamburger, uh, the world's mm-hmm. only loose hamburger. Or, like, I have to stay away from Cincinnati because I am addicted to Skyline Chili. Chili. Oh, it's. Yeah. I had friends who would only go to breakfast with me because they knew if it was lunch or dinner, we were only going to Skyline Chili. The Maisonette, <laughs> never mind the Maisonette, let's go to Chi- Skyline, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Who needs the high-end place? That's absolutely right. You <laughs> betcha. And, uh, yeah, I, I lived for that. But And and you have those places, and some of them are one-offs. Like in, in Los Angeles, the Apple Pan on Pico. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, oh, right just there. not only are the hamburgers wonderful, but the, the there's the best, best tuna sandwich I've ever had. Had, just wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, and there were places all over Miami. Marcella's long gone, but the the best garlic rolls in the world, you know that kind yeah. of thing. And sometimes late at night, I hunger for these places that are that are no longer there, uh, or They're no longer. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Or you know the perfect bagel. Bagel apparently is an art. And uh, I, I, yes. uh, I had a friend of mine who actually started a bagel store, Bruce Williams, in uh, in Texas. And he said, well, the trick is you got to boil them first. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but it seems that even places, in many places that are Jewish delis, they haven't learned the art of the right. perfect bagel. They're pieces of bread. That's right. And I talk wrong. about that in the next book because Noah's Bagels started in uh, Berkeley. Yeah. And Mr. Noah sold it for X amount of dollars. And I don't talk about money in the book. But because mm-hmm. I uh, it, just because I don't think it's relevant, but mm-hmm. I look at the dollar amount and I go, "Whoa!" He sold it over to another company after, and I was talking to him about this, and um, they changed it from um, a kosher bagel and a kosher store and the boiling, like you said, mm-hmm. to an easy way of just throwing them in the oven. No, they don't. They don't taste anything like it. And I said to him, "I said, aren't you upset over this?" Because I talked to Debbie Fields about her cookies, right? Because that's another one, and they changed her product, right? And she's mad. And Noah said, 
when you sell your house, you cannot tell the person what color drapes to put up. He's you right. take your money and you walk away. He's right. And if you get enough of it, you know, that can that can make a difference. But you mentioned Mrs. Fields. I liked Blue Chip, too. And they were all yeah. over L.A. For, for quite a while. But all right, we will go on. But Jim is in Chicago. Welcome to WGN Radio, Jim. Hey, hi. how you doing, Riley? All Thanks right. For playing, oh. Thanks for playing the Morocco's. Oh, yeah, I loved it, loved it. And, Red and, Hots uh, and Chili Thanks Mac. for telling that song I was stuck on, uh, the angel sang, was by the Solitaires. Solitaires, Solitaires and yes. You got, and you got talking about all that greasy food. Yeah. How about Bacon Fat by Andre Williams? Yes, yes, yes. You know, I almost played that. My favorite by him, of course, is Jailbait. But I yeah, almost, that's another one. Yeah. I got that one, too. Jailbait's <laughs> just the best. But, yeah, Bacon Fat, you betcha. And if you li- if you listen to that album, he has things like, Pass the Biscuits, please. Yeah, I mean, pass yeah, the Biscuits. Yeah, pass the Biscuits. Please, please, please. Biscuits. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, now, let me tell you when, because we're going to do an hour of open lines, and that's okay. just made for you. And that right. is Wednesday. July 19th, so a week from tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Attendance is mandatory. July 19th would be the July 29th. July 29th. Uh, 29th, yeah. Yeah, 29th. 29th, yeah, that's a Where Wednesday. Where were you the other day? I put you on and you had a repeat of the ice cream lady. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, you see, we lost power. And unfortunately, oh, oh, oh. I have four locations and four generators. But, gee, there's one place where the generator's not hooked up. Guess where that is. So uh, we had a 10-minute right. show. July 29th. Yeah, July 29th. I'm counting on you, Jim. Okay. All right. All right. Thank Thanks. you, Riley. Okay, bye. Yeah, Jim requests all the old doo-wop bumpers. So. <laughs> Got gotta love gotta love that, but uh, you know this is this is such a wonderful topic because uh, I do yearn for that food of the past, as do many people, and the perfect bagel. And I don't know why the trend seems to be away. Maybe it's because people won't boil them first. But all over the place, even places that are supposedly official Jewish delis, they don't have it down. It seems to be yeah. disappearing. Yeah, it's just this art. And uh, of a lot of different foods like that, that homemade dressings, salad dressings, um, no, Norms is yeah. in the book. Yeah, okay, And what good. I learned about Norms, because I never went to Norms as a kid. All right. you know, we went to Denny's, it was closer. Oh. And Norms, they still, to this day, every location, they owned, uh, opened about three locations the past couple years, they have their own butcher in every location. Oh, wow. And you would think... A, a, 24-7 place, why would you have a butcher? But they do it so they control the meat and that it's perfect for their stores. And every manager of Norms uh, creates their own menu. They only have a few things that they have to have at every store, but they can do what they want. They kind of run it themselves. Oh, so nice. It's fascinating, the things you'll learn in this next book. And it'll be in two volumes. The first one starts in... Um, uh, 1914 all the way to 1965, and then like a, the the waffle um, mm-hmm. uh, will be in the next one after that. So, I was very impressed in the current book that uh, the fried ravioli was a fair food because, of course, I consider that high end myself. You know, it's a <laughs> great appetizer, and uh, and to think that it came out of a fair in what St. Louis or something—it's just yeah, uh, St. Louis. The same yeah. thing with the fried green beans because. Yes. I started eating the fried green beans first in um, as an appetizer at some restaurant. I forget what it was. I think because um, I teach all over the country, and uh, I think it was in Indiana. And then I went to the fair, and I saw them there. And I thought, well, this is where they got that idea. 
So. Yeah. No, it, it's, uh, it, it is. A lot of th- things become high-end. And then when you get the recipes, like Lowry's, uh, Lowry's cream spinach, I've always been sweet on that. And when, mm. I look, when I looked at that recipe, I'm like, wait a minute, the basic ingredient is bacon fat? You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's in the Hollywood book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. it, it, and Lowry's, they're just a phenomenal family and company. They're, they're one of the oldest family-run uh, restaurant chains and there's one there in chicago and and uh, their cream corn i just love yes yes it is a fine fine food and uh you know then it's interesting we're talking about this because we think of lowry's and we think of uh, well at least i do high-end food you know very nice food but then when you get down to it creamed corn in its own way really is a junk food yeah, it's full of fat. Yeah, right, ex- exactly. <laughs> so maybe people shouldn't be so quick to uh, uh, to turn their nose up. Well, uh, we will uh, we will pick it up right there. George Geary is joining us, just a delight. And we're also going to go cruise and find out about cooking on the Holland America Cruises. And a, a lot more. We'll talk to Dave from Visalia, but there's always room for you. That is 888-876-5593. I'm Raleigh James, and this is WGN Radio. If you are a junk food junkie, well, you want to read George Geary's books. Probably all of them, and don't do it while you're hungry. But the current one, Fair Foods, the most popular and offbeat recipes from America's state and county fairs. Now, I have uh, Dave in Visalia, who's going to join us. Uh, I see what he wants to talk about on the, on the screen, and I learned today, George, that this apparently is not only a junk food, but a delicacy. So, Dave in Visalia, welcome. Welcome. Yes, and I've also uh, I'll also add that uh, we've uh, spent a little little time in Avalon, and that's got to be the junk food capital of Southern California, besides the uh, yeah. besides the county. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. Man, you fry you know frozen bananas and all that stuff on a stick, but Pam, uh, my other here, uh, ordered for us uh, from some place in Ohio, I think it was. Uh, some uh, uh, chocolate covered bacon, and so I think we're, yes. we're going to. We got two of those left tonight, and after dinner, I think we're going to eat those in celebration of uh, Junk Food Day. Perfect, <laughs> absolutely perfect. I, I, it's so appropriate. Now, as I was mentioning, my my chiropractor who told me that it was uh, you know Junk Food Day, National Junk Food Day. She also mentioned the uh, chocolate covered bacon because her son went to Cordon Bleu Cooking School. And I guess for their final project, they had to make stuff, and he had to make a dessert. And he made a chocolate bacon cake. And she said when she heard he was doing this, she thought, he's going to flunk out of school for sure. And she said it was the best-tasting thing she ever had. So, uh, George, what's the history of the chocolate-covered bacon? I have no idea (laughs) the history of it. But the whole thing with the chocolate-covered bacon, I remember when I was hearing about it. And uh, it was probably, oh, I'd say 2004, 2003. And I was at a couple of the fairs in the Southwest. And while I was there, I saw it. But it was so hot. It was like 100 degrees out. And they didn't have it shown anywhere. I saw the sign, chocolate-covered bacon. And that was about when everything was getting bacon, like the bacon maple donuts were going and, and things like that. So I finally, I found the gal selling it, but... She had to get it out of the freezer, and right. they were like crunchy, 
and it, the texture was really off to where I think if the bacon, if it was the 100 degrees at, it would taste really good. I do have that recipe in the book. Yes, to do it you too. do. You yeah. do. So, yeah, so, so you don't have all the oil. So, yeah. Dave, if you, uh, if you like this stuff, you might be able to cook it at home yourself. Oh yeah, well, not me. I'm not. I don't cook. I cook about as well yeah. as you do. Yeah, oh boy. All, All right. right. <laughs> Take care. Of Thanks for calling. I appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah. I can. Uh, I can relate on every level. But uh, let's get to the cruises, the Holland America cruises. Now, I have mm-hmm. to. I'm. I. I drive to Alaska whenever I'm bored. And oh, have fun. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you know, they finally paved the Alaska highway, but they probably shouldn't have because of the ice heaps. But the interesting thing is that. Other than me and, you know, commercial vehicles, the Holland America bus lines are invariably on there because they've let some poor, unsuspecting group of tourists off somewhere, and now they're driving them to Fairbanks or something. But Holland America, I never thought about them doing, you know, cooking cruises. Is the cruise entirely devoted to cooking, or is this just a subset? No. For um, eight years, I was a, um, they called me guest chef. And uh, as we all know, the cruises are not going right now, but I, uh, not terminated, but they stopped the program that I was working with about two years ago. And I would jump on and off the ships, and I would teach cooking classes. I'd take people to the market uh, in different countries. And that's why I've been to 118 countries when I worked with them for eight years. Wow. I would... um, always do the world cruise which is four months but i wouldn't go for the four months i would pick out of the world what i wanted to do so that is kind of how it would go and i would create menus for the uh and recipes for the main dining room and the higher end restaurants yeah and it yeah i mean i saw the world and when they stopped my program people a lot of people said well are you upset about that and i was like no it's another time in my life to do something else and i can go back to those cities that i liked like malta i never thought of malta as a place to go to but it was one of the most and madagascar i mean i would go in the jungles of madagascar again uh, i just had so much fun so so that's what all in america very very sweet had i saw alaska like five times every year i went up and did an alaska and hawaii did that cruise a lot so Okay. And, uh, of course, well, Alaska, let me ask you this. Did they, did they do the inland cruise where you had to get on the bus? or <laughs> that work? Well, they've got an over, overland, and then they, uh, and Holland America owns almost everything up there. Yes. All the ports. Well, and, in all of Toke, actually. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they really do. They, they, they were the first cruise lines up there and uh, building all of the docks and everything like that. But um, I seem to... I. Uh, Offhand, I went on the same, they'd say, oh, we need you on the seven days. So I never did 14 day up there. And after seven days in Alaska, I was, and and the passengers, I was kind of tired of them. (laughs) Well, I I would think so. Like the the four month cruise. I'm figuring the only people who can do a four month cruise are retired. This had to be like a floating nursing home. Almost. And and that's where, uh, which is shocking. The, the world cruise is four months. I would say 70% of the people go year after year after year. Oh, man. Wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of money? So, yeah. 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 And and the, the world cruise is not happening in 2021. And right. I've been watching on Facebook the people that I know and how mad they are and, and things like that. Plus, they're 20 
cruise, uh, the world cruise, they stopped and flew everyone home from Australia. And I don't think they realized how bad the world was getting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Madagascar and, uh, and Mozambique and places like that. Uh, are they oh. famous for any particular food? Um, well, Madagascar, vanilla, and oh. coffee. And oh. I went into the jungles, and I was out. This kid was selling, uh, well, they had bananas to give the lemurs, so I'm feeding mm-hmm. lemurs out of trees. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there, and I said, do you have any vanilla beans? And he says, yeah. So he showed me, I would say, five pounds of vanilla beans. Wow. And I said, how much? And he says, mm, five dollars. Okay. I can I can see why you're going back. Well, (laughs) George Geary, Fair Foods, the most popular and offbeat recipes from America's state and county fairs. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, and come back to California. I'd love to see you. Yes, me too. We will keep in touch, and I'm going to buy your salad book tonight. You got it. Thanks so much. Take care. You too. So yes, Amazon.com. You can find out all about that.